Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Hey, listen, we've been in a series called uh, The Holy Spirit. And we've been introducing you to the person of the Holy Spirit and believing that God has more for you, that the Holy Spirit is not a thing. You remember this? The Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is a person. And this person wants to be actively involved in your life. So like we want to dismantle. Listen, 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 listen. We are putting a death to spiritual codependency. You understand what this means? Like we, we are putting a death to this thing where you have to come to church to be fed by a pastor to walk out your spiritual life. Death to that. Death to that. Why? Because Jesus says that when he leaves, one is coming. That person who is coming, who is here, is the Holy Spirit. And when that Holy Spirit came, who wants, who is available to everyone. Say everyone. He is available to everyone. This Holy Spirit, he says, when he comes, you will do greater works than me. Selah. Let's pause. Because this this dismantles this lie that we just come to church and we go through the motions. Let's sing for 21 and a half minutes and then let's take a two-minute offering. And then let's talk for 15 and like, I just want you to feel good. I do want you to feel good. But I want you to feel good based in you're walking in exactly who Christ says you are. That you understand you are a powerful person empowered by the Holy Spirit that is put on this earth to destroy the works of the devil. That's why you are here. You are here to destroy the works of the devil. And, and this thing that, that the Holy Spirit is inside of you. Remember? Holy Spirit is inside of you. Why? He is inside of you to work out sanctification. All of that stuff, all of that baggage. Like how many of you said yes to Jesus and the next day you were just perfect? Okay. The reason we have the Holy Spirit is because I said yes to Jesus and I woke up the next day and I still had some dysfunction in my life. So the Holy Spirit made his home inside of me, and he made his home inside of me to work all of these things out, to conform me into the image of his son, which is pointing me to the Father. And it's creating this holiness inside of me that I can never do on my own. And holiness is the point. Don't get it twisted. So the Holy Spirit is inside of me, but but we describe this, the Holy Spirit is also upon me. So the Holy Spirit is inside of me for my benefit, but he is upon me for yours. So like apart from the Holy Spirit, I believe this 100%. If the Holy Spirit was not upon me, we would not be where we are today as a body. Because me standing from this pulpit, it would be mere words. Just words. And words don't transform lives. So the Holy Spirit is upon us. And as the Holy Spirit is upon us, he engages us and he changes who we are to the ability we are able to walk into situations and change them. So like I know, I know, I know lots of people have made lots of money. And they've talked about this favor thing, right? How many of you ever heard a sermon on favor? The favor of the Lord is upon you, and you shall get that first parking spot in Walmart. And, and so, like, they've done this thing with favor that has, it has it, it is conformed it to something that is just not. And I'm not saying that God's favor won't open up that parking space. What I'm saying is there is so much more to God's favor that we fail to see in the church today. So, like, we would look at a scripture like, greater things will you do, and we're like, whoa, 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 no, no, greater things will Geo do. Because he's the pastor, or that's the apostle, or that's the prophet. And we have all of these ideologies when the truth is he has just called you to be a disciple. A dis- like a follower of him. And so like I would have made a big deal about this, right? Like if Jesus would have invited his 12 disciples, listen, 
we, we believe in the fivefold, all of it. We believe in it. But here's the deal. When Jesus called his 12 disciples, he did not go, John, you are the apostle. And Peter, you are the pro He didn't do it. He just walked up to them wherever they were at in life and said, follow me. And some dropped their nets, some left their jobs. And there was this invitation to walk through life in a different way. To, to, to follow someone that would model for us what it looked like to walk in divine favor and yield it to the Holy Spirit. How many of you want this? Everybody should be touching some sky. Because this is what we are called to. As the Holy Spirit empowers us, we are called to live a life of favor. And I just want to say this to you today, and I know it's going to suck a little bit, but favor doesn't always look the way you think it should. You look in the Bible in the beginning and you see that the Lord had favor on Noah. How many of you know the story of Noah? He had favor on Noah. And God favors him. He calls him and he gives him, gives him a mandate. And the mandate, he speaks to him about a flood that is coming and to build a boat. The only problem is it had never rained before. So we read the story, we're like, oh, well, yeah, it's going to rain. They don't know. There's a crazy bearded old guy that's like, rain is coming, build a boat, let's get inside. In today's day, we'd be like, that's a cult. That's a cult. He's telling us to live together, and there's something coming, and we don't know. You understand what I'm saying? Like, this was the favor that was upon Noah for 100 years. And sometimes when God calls you, and he commissions you, and he puts something inside of you, it's not always going to look like Disney World cookie-cutter Christianity. Sometimes people are going to look at you, and they're not going to understand and you're going to be speaking things, and I'm not talking about things that are outside of this book, but I'm saying he's going to give you dreams and passions and desires, and people are going to look at you and be like, you are crazy, and it's okay. Because you need to realize that the favor of God upon you is calling you places that other people don't have the grace to go. Uh, that's good, Gio. Good job. In life, we go through different seasons, and many of the reasons, see, none of us, let's be honest, none of us have a problem with the Holy Spirit inside of us, because we all know we got issues. <laughs> How many of you are issue-free today? Exactly. So, like, we have no issue with the Holy Spirit inside of us, because we all know, like, yeah, I got some stuff going on inside my heart that, that He needs to work out, but we have an issue with the Holy Spirit upon us, because we have embarked at one point or another in a journey, and we felt discouraged because it did not go the way we thought it should go. I'm preaching truth. And so we have this plan for the way life should go or the way family should go or the way ministry should go, and it doesn't go that way, and we become discouraged, and so instead of hosting and becoming yielded to the Holy Spirit upon us, we say, no, I'm, I'm just not, that must just not be real. What have we done? We have created a disempowered church. Are you alive? We have created a disempowered church that are waiting from evangelist to evangelist or special preacher to powerful preacher to popular preacher to come so we can see some semblance of a move of God. And this is not what God wants. What God wants for you is for you to walk in power, authority, and identity. For you to understand who you are as a son, understanding the favor of God is upon you even if you don't understand it. And I just want to prove to you today because some of you, you have disqualified yourself. And I want you to see that sometimes in the Bible, favor looks like a mess. Bible says Mary, mother of Jesus, she was blessed and highly favored. Holy Spirit comes upon her and speaks to her. You are going to carry Jesus. We're all like, yes, Jesus, because we know. But this little 17-year-old girl did not understand. So she goes up to her, her husband, Joseph. Hey, Joseph, I'm pregnant. 
whoa, whoa, whoa. But we didn't do. Like, no, 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 Joseph. It was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy, the Holy what? And so how do we know Joseph wasn't buying? Because an angel of the Lord had to appear to him to prove to him. And so for the next nine months, Mary would have to walk around saying, this is my Holy Spirit, baby, that was given to me from God on high. And you better believe, come on, the world is the world. People were talking all kinds of crap about her. Yet the first thing the angel of the Lord said to her was, you are blessed and highly favored. Now, how many of you know on the onset, on the backside of it, we understand, yeah, it was amazing to carry Jesus and to mother him and all that came with that. But in the beginning of that journey, it wasn't easy. And for some of us, what God is saying for us today is, listen, you need to embrace the journey and stop being so hard on yourself and understand the Holy Spirit upon you is empowering you to accomplish every good work he has put in your heart. Well, I don't know how I can do that because my family's a mess and I'm a mess. It's not about you. It's not about you. If it had anything to do with you, we wouldn't be here today. <laughs> what it is is us realizing that he is good and he is great. And what we do is we begin to funnel our thoughts, our emotions, our circumstances through that. Meaning if I find myself in a crappy situation, I can be assured, assured that the story's not done yet. Well, like, how do you know that? Because I love him. I have made that my mandate. And so the Bible says, as long as I love him, he will work all things together for the good of those who love him. So my job is to trust, and this is huge, right? Because we live in a society that tells you don't trust anyone. Even if you kind of trust them, they're going to betray you one day. Watch. And so we come into church and we're like, well, just trust God and we have such an issue. And the problem is this. Lisa said it so good. That which is birthed or started on your own strength has to be sustained by your own strength. That that begins in your heart without you surrendering or giving it to God has to be sustained by your strength. And how many of you know that's exhausting? It's exhausting trying to fix yourself. It's exhausting trying to fix your family. It's exhausting trying to make that business work. And what God is calling us to today as a corporate church is to realize that the Holy Spirit is upon us. And that upon us causes favor. That word favor in the Bible is translated to cherish. And that word cherish is grace. Meaning the grace of God is upon you in every situation in your life. And it may not look the way you thought it should look, but he is working in the background. And he is positioning you for victory. So you begin to de declare the word of the Lord over your life. I am not a victim. Come on, say it with me. I am not a victim. I am not a victim. You need to get that in your heart, man. You're not a victim. You are a victor. You are a victor. And God has put that inside of you. He has written that on your heart. And so in the Bible, when, when Paul's talking and he says, I am sure that no weapon formed against me will prosper. How do you know? The only, way, the only way you know that no weapon formed against you will prosper is going through some crap and having weapons shot at you. And coming to the realization, they're shooting, but it's not hurting. The devil's coming at me, but it's not working. What is this? This is favor. This is the grace of God working in your life and producing fruit. And everybody around you gets to see it. And this is what I believe. I believe this. This is what it looks like to be light in the darkness. Because people read that scripture and they think, oh, he's talking about a preacher. 
I could be lying in the darkness one day when I get a pulpit and a mic. You don't want this. You don't want this. What you want is to be everything that you were always supposed to be. What you want is to be fully activated in an environment where people believe in you and say everything that's in your heart, you can do it because God is big in you. Are you alive? Can I read to you some scripture? I want you to go to Romans 8. I've been talking about scripture a lot, so stop it. I'm just going to read some now. Romans 8. I'm going to start in verse 31. This is Paul speaking to Rome. What shall we say about these wonderful things? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Somebody say amen. Amen. Since he did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, won't he give up everything else? Who dares accuse us? Come on, nobody can accuse you. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? He has chosen you. No one for God himself has given us the right to stand with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us, who was raised to life for us, and is sitting in the place of honor at the right hand of God, pleading for us. Meaning the Jesus is right now at the right hand of the Father, and he is mediating on your behalf. Like he is making things right right now for all of the mistakes you have made and you are going to make. And that's good news. Can anything, he asks the question here, this is good. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean we no longer, does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble? Some of you need to read this, underline it, highlight it, star it. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is who? Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. So then he he asks a question and he answers it. Can anything separate us from this love of God? Verse 38, and I am convinced, meaning I have made a resolution in my heart. I am convinced that nothing, say nothing, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Nor death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing and all of creation can ever separate you from the love of God that is revealed in Christ our Lord. So he asks us the question, what could ever separate us from this that we have received? Then he says, listen, if we go through hard times, does that mean God doesn't love us? Surely no, because we have the victory at the end of the day. And because I know this, I am confident, I have made a resolution that nothing can separate me from the love of God. No situation, no no difficulty can separate me. And if I am in his love, I have everything. If I choose to walk in his favor and his love and his grace, here's the truth, man. You can choose to live life on your own strength or on his. You have to make a decision, right? To change the way you see your life, to change the way you see your situations, to change it like you've got to stop funneling this thing through fear and through doubt and through, and through like difficulties. And you have to learn to trust the word of the Lord over your life. Like some of you are walking through seasons. I know there are people in this room that have walked through difficult seasons. And we've watched them walk through it with grace. And now they have the testimony of the Lord and they see. They see that God is good. 
And if you can learn to maintain yourself, understand that you are a favored, favorite child of God. That's who you are. That's who you are. Then you begin to funnel circumstances through that lens. And how many of you know lens is everything? Come on, I just took off my glasses. Everything is blurry. And some of you, that's how you live in your Christian life. If I could just receive another word, you don't need another word. You don't need another word. You have to hold fast to what he has already said. So like the Bible, there's a scripture that always got me. It would always say, gird yourself. Like, what the crap is that? Gird, gird yourself. I'm like, what does that mean? Then I read it, right? To, to, to gird yourself would be, there, it would be this position of, of, of battle. Like these guys used to wear like, I guess these like skirt kilts thing. I'm thankful I'm not living that time. And when they knew they were about to go into battle, they knew they had to change their position to be able to, to fight in the correct way. So they would bend down, they would take the little skirt thing, and they would tie it. And it enabled them to run in a different way. And like, I just feel this from the Lord today, man. Some of you, you just need to gird yourself. Like turn off the freaking TV. Stop listening to the voices. Let me give you an example. Is this okay? Is this okay? Let me give you an example. People of Israel are delivered from Egypt. They travel to the promised land, which God had already promised them. They get to the land, and somebody gets a great idea. Let's scout the land. They scout the land, and they see giants, and they come back with a report that was not God's report. It was not God's report. God never told them to scout the land. He had told them, it is yours. Like some of you, God's given you a dream, or there's something in your heart. Your job is not to assess how it's going to happen. It is to put one foot in front of the other and trust him. So they go into the camp. There's 12 of them. Ten of them come back with a bad report. There's giants living in the land. I don't know how we're going to do it. And in that moment, in that moment, I want you to see this. In that moment, what stopped them from possessing what God had for them was not the giants. It was their circle. It was the people around them that did not have the capacity to see that if God had spoken it, all we had to do was step in. And I'm saying this to you today. It's time for you to gird yourself and check your circle. It's time for you to realize that God has more for you. So, so change your frame. Open your eyes to opportunity around you. And know that when God speaks to you, it's not always, you're not always going to get it. How many of you has God ever said something, or you heard a preacher, and you're like, how, I, I, could, I don't know how I could ever do that. Anybody? Oh, no, just Jack. Okay, Jack. I could preach to you, bro. Because this happens all the time. We're up here, like today, I just feel it in the room. Some of you are like, I don't know what the crap he's talking about, and like, I just wish he would say God is good again. <laughs> what happened to the God is good stuff? God, God, God is good. The message hasn't changed. It's just we, we see goodness in one lane, man, in one lane. So like, oh, no, like my finances aren't going the way I thought they should. God's not good anymore. Stop it. I just told you about a woman who brought her offering, and in 30 seconds, God replenished it to her because he's faithful. So we open up our eyes, man. In the Bible, the, the, the angel of the Lord comes up to Gideon, and Gideon is hiding in a wine press, and he says to Gideon, mighty hero, and Gideon's like, Mighty warrior. And he's looking around because in that moment, here's the truth, he did not feel like a mighty warrior. So he says, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. 
And his response is so real. If God is with us, then why? What is he saying? I don't feel like God is with me right now. And if I want to be honest, come on, man. We want to be an honest church. I'm sure there are times where we're singing songs. I don't know about you, but there have been times where I've been singing songs on that floor, and I'm saying words, but I'm having trouble. Not you, man. You polish your halo. You go ahead, bro. I believe, I believe every word. Every word. Whatever, bro. I've been in crowds where I've been going through difficult seasons as a pastor. And everybody in the crowd, you are good. Oh, and I'm like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> it's just real. And in that moment, I have to make a decision, right? Like, is, is this truth going to change based off of my circumstances? And, and in your spirit, you just have to go, no. No. Even though I don't feel the words that are being sung on that screen, even though in this moment it doesn't feel like fact, it is truth. And so I'm going to begin to declare because your words have power, right? James 3, there's a whole chapter, your words have power. So I'm going to begin to declare it until my spirit catches this truth. And my feelings begin to align with what's coming out of my mouth. And we begin to walk as people of favor. And we begin to understand that when I go through difficult situations, like how many, how many God dreams have been aborted because it doesn't go the way we thought it should go? When we came to this church for the first time, man, some of you are new. I just want you to know the first six months of being here was one of the hardest seasons of our life. Riding down this road right here, I'll never forget. Riding down this road right here. And my wife's talking and we're just like, I just, you know, and things were, we have amazing people. That's why we always honor them. It had nothing to do with the people. It's just you have an expectation and it doesn't go the way you thought it would. We're riding, we're riding down the road and I get, I like Jesus juke destiny, right? She's like, I don't know what's going on. And I Jesus juke her. Well, God said, didn't God say? I'm driving my key. And she's like, I don't even know what God said. And I'm like, oh, crap, it's getting bad. <laughs> the Jesus juke did not work. And we had to make it, like, look around you today. I want you to know we started with 10 people. This is the second service. And it has nothing to do with how many people were in seats. It just shows you what would it be like today if we would have given up on the God dream. If we, if we would have just gone by what we see and we were expecting things to go this way and that way, where would we be today? And this is what's at risk. That we would fail to trust God in every step of the process, even when we didn't understand. You know, you know when Elisa, I woke up on a Sunday morning and I had a sermon prepared. This happens to me all the time. I haven't even preached my sermon today. And I woke up with this thought, You're, you should preach about Jonah today. And I'm like, I will not preach about Jonah, Lord. Don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. Woke up that morning and I'm like, I don't want to do it. Like, I've already spoken that sermon and I don't like speaking the same thing twice. Not my thing. So I get up in worship and all I hear is Jonah. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. So I bookmark Jonah 3 and I begin to preach. Will you embrace Nineveh or will you run to Tarshish? And I'm a passion person. Like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't fake it. I don't know how to do that. So I'm preaching it, but I'm not even really feeling it. And I get done, and at the end of the sermon, if I'm being honest, I'm like, I don't know what that was about, Lord. Elisa comes up, she's like, I think you were, she was crying. She's like, I just want to let you know. Nobody knows this, but the Lord told me I'm supposed to go to Iraq. And she goes, you probably don't know this, but Nineveh is northern Iraq where God has told me to go. And I'm like, well, crap, I'm glad I listened to that one. 
Sometimes God will speak to you and you will not understand why he's telling you to go right when you want to go left. But your job in this position is to give yourself and to trust him every step. I want to do one more thing. I got like three minutes left. I had this, I woke up at 3.30 this morning with, with this image. Oh, can you help me, bro? Can you help me real quick? This is my brother, Kenny. Give it up for Kenny. Neither one of us got haircuts. That's why you got a beanie on. We're Hispanic. We get haircuts every week. We don't know how to do anything else. That, that lid right there, bro. That lid. I woke up this morning, 3.30 in the morning, and I saw this, right? Like, I saw this. I saw a cup. And all week I've been hearing this, this thing like where God, and it's, it's for me, but I don't think it's just for me. I just hear God saying to me, take the lid off. And like, me, me and God have open dialogue, bro. Like, whatever he wants, I, I'm just, you should know this about me. If I, when I got done with this service, he said, move, I'd be gone. Some of you don't like that, but, like, I've gone to Africa, I've gone to Mexico, we sold everything. I'm like, one foot in front of the other. Because I don't want to be where he's not. So I, I woke up with this, like, take the lid off. All week, I posted on Facebook, and then I had this image, right, of, like, this water, and we've been talking about John 10, 10, God has called you. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and to give you it in abundance. The TPT version says this, I have come to give you life and to give it to you until you overflow. And so, like, I saw this this morning where, like, like this represents God's blessing and the favor on your life. And it was like it was pouring in, and this represents you, this represents me. And it was like it was trying to accomplish, the, how many of you know the purpose is to get in the cup? Yo, you with me? The purpose is to get in the cup. Somebody's like, what is he doing? So, like, I just saw this. 3.30 in the morning, this is what I, what I woke up to. It wasn't like a potty break. And I'm like, what does, what, what, what does it mean? Are you all right? And I'm like, what, what does it mean? Like, what does it mean? And so, like, I feel like a lot of times we're at, we come to church services and make no mistake about it, God is here and he's pouring out his blessings. You heard three different instances today. I, I couldn't share Anthony's because we didn't have time. We'll share it next week. Three different testimonies we could just about God being good. And so, like, in the Christian world, we would do this. We would be like, oh, well, like, but there's water in the cup. Like, we accomplished the purpose. Like, there's water in the cup. The, the gold's put water in the cup. And, like, we miss out on the fact that, like, all of that was supposed to be in there. And, like, the lid, what's the lid, right? The lid is, like, bad thought processes about you and about God, the way you see God, the way you respond, fear, doubt, insecurity. Like, God shows up and says, mighty hero, and you're like, oh, no, you're talking about Gio. That's for Gio. All of these things where God's like, I'm just trying to use you, bro. Like, I just want to pour out. And, like, some of you are freaked out because here's the truth, man. There's water everywhere because the blessing begins to flow out and it gets on everybody but you. So then you become frustrated. You're like, I don't even know why they're blessed. I'm a better Christian than them. Got a lid on and like what I see God doing what for the body for you, I'm not talking to you about Christianese. I'm not telling you to read 30 chapters a day. I'm just, I'm just asking like, would you just expand yourself and like just trust God and take off the lid and like every drop may not get in. It'll be messy, but like eventually the overflow will begin to happen and you'll begin to live life and like your life will become the very thing that begins to bless people around you. I have no desire. Oh, if you know me, you know this. I have no desire to be known. My dream is that everybody around me would be better than me. You don't believe me, hang around. Like, I burn for that. 
I've been hanging out with people since 2008. My, my, some of my best friends moved here to do church with me. And my dream for them is that they would be so much better than us. And everybody in our leadership, and you begin to let God pour into you and your life will not be about you. You'll begin to ask God, God, overflow out of me because I want everybody around me to be blessed. And I just want to take the lid off because I don't want a portion of what you have for me. I don't. People, why'd you go to Africa? People ask me, why'd you go to Africa? Like, why'd you, why would you do that with a one-year-old? I got tired of reading stories about people doing stuff for God and being like, I wish I had that. Got tired of it. So I had to make a decision. Am I going to empty my, it took us $15,000 to get there. For three, it was like four months. And my mom thought I was insane in the brain. Everybody's like, you're an idiot. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I am Noah. I'm like, I am Noah. Because I understood, like, when people start to look at you, like, the men's home. These guys are idiots. It's not going to work. Because ah. you begin to see, like, you begin to dream God-sized dreams, and you take the lid off, and you can't even be mad at people that don't have the capacity to see what you're seeing. You begin to say something like this. Just stick around and watch God do his work. So here's what I want to pray for today. You good? When I first saw this this morning, I was like, I didn't want to do this illustration because I'm like, that's going to be so stupid. I'm just, they're not going to get it. But like, I really feel first service, it was so powerful. Because we saw people be honest and say, I have a lid and I want God to break it off of me today. And I just believe that God is strong enough to do that. I believe God is strong enough to break that thing in you that says, I can't. Jack was preaching to me in the bathroom this morning. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, I'm like, you ready to preach? And what you don't know, bro, is if you would have said yes, I would have given you 10 minutes. Not 30, because that's scary, but I would have given you 10. Because I want people to know that we just believe in them in this house. And we're taking the lid off. Amen? Let's stand. Oh, right at lunchtime, I'm so hungry. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. There's communion right here. It's like I'm going to ask after we pray, if you want to go, I want to invite you today to take communion as a family. And like for some, like this is not ritualistic, like religious. Just go and thank God for his blood and his body and do it as a family unit. Like me and my wife are going to do it. We did it. We're going to do it again. Just pray. God, help me to be a better parent, a better father, a better pastor. Just help me. And can you just do that together? But before that, I want to pray, and I just want you to be honest all around this room. If you're here today, and like when I, when I was talking about favor and I was talking about lids, you feel like you have a lid on your life. Like there's something in your life that is stopping the full flow of God from being poured out. Would you just lift a hand all around the room? Yeah, all around the room. Listen, this is fine. This is not about saved or unsaved, so just quit that. Like if you don't have a hand up right now, I want you to go find somebody. And we're about to be the church. Just keep your hand up. They're going to pray. Yeah, if you don't have a hand up, come on, just turn around. Hey, Cuff, you want to pray right there behind you? All around. Just find somebody. I'm going to wait till everybody has somebody. Anthony, will you pray with Romero's mom? Right in the back there. Yeah. Hey, Kelly, will you pray right here? You don't have to do anything. You just, just say yes. No, right here. Right here. Yeah, yeah. But nobody yet. Nobody sure. Let's do it. Father, listen, just believe.
Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray for every single person in this room that every single lid would be taken off right now in the name of Jesus. We bless you with the capacity to dream and to believe God for more. We speak life over you. The John 10.10 life that goes beyond the abundant life, we bless you with that right now. And we speak over you, like the Bible says, rivers of living water that they would flow and they would drain away every bit of hurt and pain in the name of Jesus. We bless your finances. We bless your businesses. We bless your families. Oh, Lord, I just ask that the best mothers and fathers and all of this community would be risen up out of this house. People who have disqualified themselves, God, I ask that you give them a capacity to dream over their families, over their finances, over their relationships. God, I speak over marriages right now in the name of Jesus, and I speak reconciliation and restoration in Jesus' name. Any pain, bitterness, resentment right now, in Jesus' name, we wipe it away. In Jesus' name. And Father, we receive the flow. Come on, let's not make it churchy. We just want what you have for us, Lord. Whatever it is, even if it's hard, even if we don't understand, we say yes, God. We say yes for those that are coming. We say yes for our families. And we will, we will stop disqualifying ourselves based off of what we think we are. God, the same way you spoke to Gideon, I ask that you would speak to heroes and warriors in this house. And that you would raise them up to do the impossible, God. That you would use them in amazing ways, Lord. And that you would continue to bless that your favor would be upon them in the name of Jesus. And that they would begin to see themselves the way you see them. I bless you with that. That when you look in the mirror, you see what he sees. That I bless them with the revelation of oneness right now. You are not friends with Jesus. You are one with Jesus. You are not friends with Jesus. You are one with Jesus. And we bless you with that. We bless you with that. And God, I thank you that you're creating a church of people that are all about you. This is not about a person or about a ministry. This is about you, Lord. And we just want to be yielded to everything that you have for us today. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said amen. Amen. You good?